Well, we are in the book of Exodus still, and uh, we're going to start the very end of chapter 19. When I first uh, got saved, got baptized, and, and then uh, relatively shortly after that, uh, the Lord called me to preach, and uh, I started going to uh, preacher's meetings after that. And the very first preacher meeting I ever went to was uh, a King James Bible conference that had uh, Jewel Smith, and uh, if you remember him, and then... Who was the flaming torch guy? You guys remember? Doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, they were the two that held the meeting. And, uh, no, no, it was flaming torch. His name was, uh, I'll think of it here in a second. It doesn't really matter because the editor of the flaming torch now is Thomas Smith. And you know him, so there you go. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, Now I just got to remember why I'm telling you all this. Ah, there we go. And uh, he taught us about the King James Bible. And uh, one of the reasons I still try to teach about the King James Bible is I think we ought to use the King James Bible by conviction. We ought to know why we're using it. We ought to have some confidence in it. Uh, but there are a couple oddities in our Bible that uh, it's, it's good to know. And uh, one of the things that they said at that conference was our verses were struck on a horseback, on horseback. And it's true, but the, the man who put the verses in our Bible, uh, at least uh, divided it chapter and verse, was a man named Robert Stephanus. At least he did the New Testament. And, uh, and he was fleeing for his life. And so he actually, while he was fleeing for his life, was striking the, the verses. And by and large, he gets them right. Um, but having said that, you've got to be careful to note that a lot of times a paragraph doesn't begin at verse 1 and follow. Sometimes a paragraph begins somewhere and, and continues. And the reason I bring that up is uh, what is the most important thing about real estate? Location, location, location. And what is the most important thing in interpreting your Bible is context, context, context. And so it's very important for us a lot of times to try to figure out where the, uh, the context begins, okay? Uh, one of the things that I teach is, is I teach that you need to know the Bible as a context. You need the Old Testament, New Testament as a context. You need to know the groups of books as a context. You need to know the individual book as a context. And then one of the best things, if you're ever trying to understand a Bible, uh, a book of the Bible, is go through and as, as fast as you can, just do the best that you can to outline the Bible. And you don't have to do it, you know, every verse, but at least get the thoughts and the transitions down so that you know what groups to take and to look at for the context. Now, why do I say that? And the reason is, is, uh, again, it's very easy to take and pull anything out of context whenever you're studying, okay? But we want to know the mind of the Lord. Isn't that true? Whenever we're taking, we're trying to understand the Word of God, we're trying to see the mind of the Lord. And so in a lot of ways, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1, okay, you would think, well, this is the beginning. It's the first verse, and, and now he's going to give us the Ten Commandments. 
but really it's in the middle of uh, something that's going on between God and Moses and Aaron and the priests and the children of Israel. And he's basically saying this, he's saying, you come here, you stay away, okay? And that's what's taking a place in, at the end of, of Exodus chapter 19, okay? And so here's the context. Uh, we, we, we looked at last week, but we're going to continue a little bit this week. But uh, beginning in verse uh, 24, the Bible says this. It says, And the Lord said unto him, Get away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. So what he's saying is, he's up there talking with Moses. He says, You go down there. Go get Aaron. It doesn't say why he needed Aaron. Okay? Now maybe we'll get to that later, but at least in this context it doesn't say it. All I can assume is that he was a help, you know, he was a minister. By the way, there's also kind of a type there. Moses was the prophet and Aaron was the high priest. Maybe there's something there because they do intercede between man and God, the prophet and the priest. And uh, so there's something there. But my whole point is this, as you remember, he said, stay away from this mountain. Why? Because God is here. And if you come into my presence, and he tells us why they might do that here in a moment, I'll show it to you. But uh, he says, if they come and they try to, to look on me, he says, they're going to die. Okay, so make sure, don't let an animal touch this mountain. Don't let them touch this mountain. Uh, the only people who can come up here is Moses and Aaron. Okay, and so uh, in a sense here, uh, uh, here's my question, and here's the reason I asked all this. Who heard the giving of the Ten Commandments? Who heard the giving of the Ten Commandments? Have you, ever, have you ever thought about that? Now, you might say, well, he just wrote them down. No, no. Look what the Bible says in verse 1 of, of chapter 20. The Bible says, and God spake all these words. You all see that? And so, if you will, uh, God spoke all these words here. And, uh, and, and, and the Bible says it sounded like uh, the voice of a trumpet, a loud trumpet. By the way, you, can you imagine the, the, the voice of God? Uh, uh, and, you know, it, it, he didn't, I uh, imagine, have any trouble being heard. And I suspect he didn't have any trouble being understood, okay? And so, if you will, God is speaking, but I'm, I'm asking the question, who hears? Who is hearing? That'll be important here in a second, too. So, again, in verse 24, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto him, Get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. Don't let them cross the line, lest he has to cross the line on them. That's what it's talking about there, Okay. He says, so Moses went down unto the people, and he spake unto them. Now, later it says that he did take Aaron and brought him up, okay? All right? So, it's, it's a little difficult. It, I, I tell you what he's doing. He's just telling you what you need to know. He's not giving you every detail, okay? So, now it comes time to give the Ten Commandments. And so, in verse 1, the Bible says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow thyself uh, down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do, not do any work, thou 
uh, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy strangers within thy gates. For in six days uh, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor thy man's, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything is thy neighbor's. Now notice what the Bible says in verse 20, 18, excuse me, 18. It says, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they removed and stood far off. Okay, so they heard that, that trumpet there. He's not hearing a trumpet, he's hearing a voice as of a trumpet. Okay, by the way, isn't that the, what the Bible says uh, we're waiting for? We're, a voice as of a trumpet. We're waiting for the voice of God. That's the reason I believe it's the voice of God, not a trumpet. Okay, and, and uh, when it come hither, okay, it's not a doo doo doo, it's a come hither. It sounds like a trumpet. Y'all understand? By the way, y'all ever been there when the, the big sirens or the big horns go off? What's the shape of this of the air siren? What's the shape of it? It's a trumpet, okay. And so, if you will, it's a, it's a trumpet. Okay, it's a way of broadcasting to make sure that you're heard. Now, I got to ask you a question: Who is required to keep the Ten Commandments? That was a good question, huh? Who's required to keep the Ten Commandments? Pardon me. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be critical, but that is not true. That's not true. Okay, God's people in general, or God's people in specific. So, which specific God's people? Only the nation of Israel, guys. Why do we know that? Okay, did anybody else have to keep the Sabbath? Let me just say this. I believe, no, I believe Adam kept the Sabbath. Okay? Having said that, it was a requirement for the nation of Israel. Why? That thy days, look what it says, that thy days may be long, okay, on the earth or in the land. Okay? And you said on, on the land, excuse me. You said on the land that I give you. That a land that I give you. And so it's a promise to the nation of Israel. And so if you will, another name, what's another name for commandments? Starts with a C. Okay. You're trying to say it, no? Covenant. Okay, covenant. And so he's saying it's an if-then statement. If you'll do this, I'll do that. And so he says, if you'll keep the Sabbath day, I'll keep you in the land. Is that what he said? Okay. That's a promise doesn't apply to us. Okay. It didn't apply to people in India. It didn't apply to people in wherever, China, where Africa, wherever you want to say it. It applied to the nation of Israel, okay? And so um, the reason I make mention of this is uh, the, the misconception is, well, the Ten Commandments apply to everybody. No, they don't, okay? Um, because, especially because of that one commandment, keep the Sabbath day, okay? That was a, a covenant promise between them and the nation, between God and the nation of Israel. If you'll keep it, I'll keep you in the land. By the way, did they keep it? No. And what was the consequence? God put him in exile. <laughs> okay? Does God keep his word? Does God say exactly what he means? 
Okay? And so if you will, it's, it's important to take and to pay attention to this. And so a lot of times we take and we put up the Ten Commandments and say, you need to keep the Ten Commandments. No. No. Now, having said that, should you have no other gods before you? Absolutely. Should you make unto yourself any graven images? No. Should you take the name of the Lord God in vain? No. You all with me? Should you honor your father and your mother? Yes. All these things apply and are good and are right. And by the way, we ought to take a day and give it to the Lord. Amen. Okay? But if you will, these were given to the nation of Israel. And you remember what he said when they went up there. He said, I'm going to give you some commandments. And the people of Israel, before he even gave the commandments, says, all that you say we will do. By the way, a foolish thing to do. Okay? You guys ever heard a lawyer say this? Never ask a question you don't know the answer to. Never make a covenant with something you don't know what the terms are. <laughs> any of you all ever sign any of those things? <laughs> we all do. I don't have time to read that. <laughs> and who knows how that's going to come back to get us someday. All right, so if you will, uh, notice this. The Ten Commandments really are for the nation of Israel. And why? Because the Bible says that they were our schoolmaster to what? To bring us unto Christ. Who can keep the Ten Commandments? We all know this answer. Who's, what's the answer? Nobody. Which of the commandments can we keep? And it's not my intention to preach this, but I literally five, ten years ago took and I preached through all ten commandments. I took, I took one commandment at a time and I showed you scripturally you cannot keep one of the commandments. There's not a person in this room that can keep any of the commandments. Say, well, I, I've never killed anybody. Jesus raised the stakes on us, didn't he? Didn't he? And so if you will, if you take anything, well, I can. God said, no, you can't. No, you can't, okay? And by the way, taking the name of the Lord God in vain is much, much more than just cussing, much more than just cursing. You all understand that? And so it is easy for us to take. Uh, I, I play a, a game just, you know, every once in a while you need a little diversion. I play a game called Words with Friends. It's Scrabble, okay? It's Scrabble. And every once in a while you'll have a chance to spell a big word. You know, you get on the triple multipliers. Ooh, that's a big word. And one of the biggest scoring words in Scrabble is the Lord's name in vain. And there's been many times I could win the game. All I had to do is put it down. And you're just like, I can't do it. It's not right. I'd rather lose the game than put that word down. Do you all understand that? My whole point is, is don't take the name of Lord God in vain, meaning what? Our God's name is holy and reverent. By the way, Psalm 111, 15, I think it is. Holy and reverend is his name. You all understand that? My point is this, is folks, there is not one of these. Well, I don't have any other gods. Really? Really? I mean, I, I'm not going to re-preach the message, but can you all concede to it and I'll move on? Okay. There's not one, not one in there that we can keep. And yet they said, all that you command, we will do. And, you know, you know, Brother Ron, I appreciate confess, you know, he said he's a sinner this morning. Ooh, can I just say this? I'm a sinner. And you know how I know that? Because there's not one of those I can keep. I can't keep them all for a whole week, okay? Because eventually you're going to take and cross the line. And if you don't understand it in your fleshy state, you will understand it when you stand before the Lord. We'll understand exactly how, how, what he meant by these Ten Commandments, okay? Anybody that says, I have kept the Ten Commandments is lying to themselves, 
okay? They're just lying to themselves, okay? But notice in verses, uh, uh, in verse, uh, chapter 19, verses 20 through 21, what happened is God came down, okay? And so God came down to man, okay? To speak to the prophet and the high priest. We saw that in verse 24. He says, let, the, let Moses and Aaron come up. That's the prophet and the high priest, okay? But the people and the priests were not to try to do what? Look what the Bible says in verse 21. It tells us why they weren't supposed to come up. And in verse 21, the Bible says this. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze. And many of them perish. How many of y'all would be uh, interested in seeing what God looks like? So would they. And God says, Don't you dare do it. Okay, why? Because the minute you look at me, you're dead. Okay? And by the way, when God says something, does he mean what he says? And we might not understand the purposes sometimes, but he knows this in a sense that, uh, if you will, sin cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. One of the descriptions of our God is this. Is our God love? Yes. Is our God mighty? Yes. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And one of the purposes of, of, of a fire is to purify or to purge um, impurities. Okay? The Bible says, purified in the furnace of verse seven times. Uh, talk about the word of God. He says, thou shall keep them, O Lord. Uh, uh, talk about he, he will keep and he has given us the word of God, pure words, and he will preserve those pure words. And when he's talking about pure, he means 100% pure. Okay? Uh, how many of us are old enough to remember Dove soap? The problem with Dove soap, it was only 99 it was uh, 99 and 94, 100 percent pure. That's not pure enough. You see, God is 100 percent pure, and he cannot have sin in his presence. Meaning this, um, let me give you an illustration if I can. If you take a diamond, if you take a laser and put it through a pure crystal, okay, it'll refine it, okay? Actually, a lot of early um, lasers were made of rubies, okay? They were called ruby lasers, all right? Uh, but if you put an impure ruby in there, the, the energy that's inside that laser will explode that, explode that ruby. You guys understand that? And, and so the whole point is this, is when you come into that level of purity and holiness, you can't have a speck of sin in you or you die. You all understand that? Now, by the way, one day we're going to be able to stand into the presence of the holy God. Why? Because his blood has made us clean. From how much sin? From all sin. I, Brother Ron brought that up again today. Amen. Isn't that, how many of y'all are going to be glad someday all that sin has gone? You know, one of the things I'm glad will be gone too, I think the temptation of sin will be gone. I think the temptation of sin will be gone. Amen. I don't know how he's going to accomplish that, but I, I, listen, I, I, I praise the Lord. Can I tell you this? When God says something, he means it. Don't Try to look at me. Uh, what represented God in the, in the tabernacle? What was the one thing that, if you could only have one thing that represented God? Because it all represents Christ in some way. But what one thing represented God? Mercy seat on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, and so if you will, that, that was his throne. And uh, if you will... Um, inside, you remember, there was Aaron's rod that budded, and there was man, a pot of manna, and there were the Ten Commandments, okay, inside the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant, every once in a while, would get sent to battle. And a couple times it got 
conquered, it got taken, okay? And, uh, and then you remember the story about how they returned it? And the place they returned it to said, the Ark of the Covenant's over there. By the way, how many of y'all talk, walk through me with this? Where was it? It was in the Holy of Holies. Does anybody know how it was taken out of the Holy of Holies? It was taken out of the Holy of Holies. First off, remember this. The Holy of Holies was dark. No lamp in there. Okay? And when the high priest walked in there every year, he would take smoke from the altar of incense, and he would take and he would put smoke in there to make sure that he couldn't see. You all understand that? The whole point was he couldn't see. He would have to take and feel and apply the blood. And, and, and there was no way of taking and seeing when he went into that. Why? Because he was in the presence of God. And before they could take and they could remove it, if I remember, they had to put the three, the three blankets on it, okay? And they had to cover it and cover it and cover it. And the only thing they could see was the rods that held it. And, and, and then the priest would come and they would take that and it would be totally covered and they would march with it and nobody got close to it. Why? Because that's the ark of God. That's, that's God in type, if nothing else. Okay? And he says, don't look at it. He did all that he could to cover it. Why? Because I'm a holy God. Well, uh, you remember, was it the Philistines? Help me, Dagon. Remember Dagon? And, okay, all that. And uh, they, the, the, the two uh, milk kind, I love that story, lowing as they went, but they were doing what God told them to do, amen? And if you will, they got to the city, and so would you go there and see what happened when the happy Jews rejoiced, hey, the Ark of the Covenant's here, okay? Well, 1 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 19, 1 Samuel 6. First Samuel 6, verse 19. You go back and study this for yourself. But if you will, the Bible says this. It says, And he smote the men of Beshemesh because they looked into the ark of the Lord. Well, that's terrible. I wonder how many handfuls of people died. See, some of you have read ahead and some of you haven't. Over 50,000 people died. You know what that means? That means one guy went there and looked. Wow, it's beautiful. You ought to see it. Really? Hey, we're not supposed to look into that. Hey, nothing happened to me. Y'all get it? But I wish the young people were up here. Just because God doesn't smite you down immediately doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing something. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is. It is sin. And folks, over 50,000 people walked by and looked inside that ark before God said, Phew, and they died. You know why? Because God told them a long time ago. And can I just tell you another thing? If God teaches something in the Old Testament, he doesn't have to reteach it in the New Testament. What do you mean? Oh, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible says. If you continue to read after the Ten Commandments, the very first thing he addresses, he says, don't make any images of me. He's not even talking about idols now. He says, don't make anything out of silver or of wood or of stone that represent me. Why? Because I'm a jealous God. And nobody knows what I look like. Y'all with me? 
What's Jesus look like? You know, I, I appreciate y'all shrugging and saying, I don't know. How many of y'all have ever seen a picture of Jesus? They're all over. You go to a Catholic hospital, he's hanging on the wall everywhere. And God said, don't, now help me for a second, is Jesus God? Well, please take this the right way. I don't think we ought to paint pictures of Jesus and we ought not do images of Jesus either. They said, well, he didn't say anything in the New Testament. Well, please take this the right way. He doesn't have to repeat himself. Amen. And, and I'm just telling you that, that I've seen people take that flippantly. You know, I said, well, that's no big deal. <laughs> okay. But I've read the book. And you can say it's no big deal, but I can also point you to examples that when God says something, he means exactly what he said. Kind of like saying, if you'll just take Saturday off, I'll keep you in the land forever. And they say, well, we don't have to keep the Sabbath. And, and by the way, if they weren't keeping the seven-year Sabbath, they weren't keeping the Sabbath Sabbath either. Amen. Okay? Uh, God takes his, his word seriously. You know, uh, if you will, uh, I, I, I'm going to skip some of this just because it's, uh, if you want, I'm going to skip some of my notes. Anyhow, go, go back to uh, Exodus chapter 20, look at verse 1 again. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. Now, how many tablets were there? Two. Anybody got an idea how big they were? They're big enough to carry, very good, and it's plus, plus that they're stone. If you guys want to see how strong I've been in my life, you can go visit my rock collection in my front yard, because whenever I travel, I get the biggest stone I could carry, and I want you to know that 20 years ago, the rocks were a lot bigger than the ones I bring home now. <laughs> you guys understand? And, and so they had to be carryable, okay? Uh, having said that, the Bible does give us the dimensions of the Ark of the Covenant, Okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm just not off the top of my head. I don't remember the exact dimensions, but they're pretty close to the size of this table. Okay, about this tall, if, if the top of the table is the, okay. So it's about this tall, and it's approximately that size, approximately, okay. And so if you will, the tables of stone had to be small enough to fit in there, okay. Some people believe that the tablets were like the clay tablets that you see from Samaria and everything, and those tablets are actually about this big here. So anywhere between this big and this big, that's about how big they were, okay? But again, how many were there? Two. Does God make mistakes in anything he does? No. There's a purpose for two. Because if you will, you have what are called the two tables of the Ten Commandments, okay? The two tables. And the first four are commandments that are Godward, okay? Thou shalt have no gods before me. Make unto thyself no graven image. Take not the name of the Lord thy God in vain, and remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And all of those are your relationship with God. You want to keep your relationship with God right. Make sure you have no other gods before me. By the way, would that still work for us today? Absolutely. No graven images. That would work too. Take, not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Can I just say this? Being careful about how you speak about God and what you allow it to come out of your mouth, would that just make a right relationship with God? Absolutely. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Meaning, I'm going to remember to be in church on Sunday. Why? It's a day unto the Lord. Now, having said that, do we have to keep that today? No. Having said that, should we? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you want a right relationship with God? Amen? So we don't have to keep it for our soul, and we don't have to keep it for our salvation, but do you want to have a right relationship with God? Yeah. And so if you will, you have your first four, the first table of, of the law is what it's called. And then the second table of the law, if you will, is our relationships between mankind. Honor thy father and thy mother. By the way, when I, when I taught this early on, to me, the key is the middle one. Honor thy father and thy mother. Meaning what? They're supposed to bring you up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. <laughs> and if you'll honor them, you'll honor God. And if you'll honor them, you'll keep all these. Okay, I, I just kind of believe that. I believe honor your father and mother is important. Well, how does that impact our world today? Um, uh, we didn't have a lot of limits on what we could watch on TV when I was a kid growing up because we didn't go to church, okay? But my, my stepdad would never let us watch a show called Eight is Enough, okay? Eight is Enough. And it was a family show, family show. And uh, it was kind of like the Brady Bunch on steroids, okay, if you will. And my folks wouldn't let us watch that show. And you say, why? Because the kids backtalked the parents. Now, folks, that was a show from the late 70s. And the issue with my parents was that the kids backtalked the parents. Folks, who's the biggest idiot on most TV shows? Dad. Nobody even hesitated. Okay. Dad and mom, and, and by the way, the kids are smarter than their parents. Can I just tell you something? We're living in an upside-down world. Because we forgot to remember, honor your father and your mother. Is mom and dad always right? Nope. Are they going to have to answer for you, though? Yes. And is it a lot easier to answer for something you've actually been able to have stewardship over than people who will not be ruled? Help me for a second here. How many of you all have a heavenly father? And maybe we ought to remember that same relationship. That if we'll honor our father. Does it make sense? And so we'll be better employees if we honor our father. We'll be better parents if we honor our father. We'll be better husband and wife if we honor our father. And by the way, anything in the Bible there that's hard to be understood... Yeah, the Bible says there's a lot of things in there hard to be understood. Is there anything in there that you don't want to do? Well, no, I'll do anything that uh, the Lord says. Really? Will you? Husbands, love your wives. Can somebody tell me what you've got to do to do that? <laughs> Pardon me? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could honestly, we could fill weeks of, yeah. The whole point is this. You say, well, I, I, could, I do love, yeah, um, he's not talking about emotions. He's not talking about emotions. He says, as Christ loved the church. Oh, you mean I got to live sacrificially for my wife? Yeah. And let me promise you this. If we can learn to live sacrificially, our wives will respond. Anytime I do marriage counseling, 
people are so hurt and they're so broken that they can't submit one to another. Because man has needs, but a woman has needs too. Can you all say amen and I'll move on? You all got it? And if the man could just learn to submit to God, then maybe the wife could learn to submit to her husband who loves God. Amen? I think there's a lot of good application there. Amen? We see the first tablet is, is again, related to God, and the second tablet is related to mankind. Again, honor thy father and thy mother. They're going to be the ones that educate you in these truths. By the way, I think it's important for us to learn to submit to authority. Amen? How do people sometimes have to get their authority? Thank you for sitting here. You're going to do what I say. Right? By the way, as long as you're bigger and stronger, it works. <laughs> Have any of y'all noticed that things change on who's bigger and stronger? <laughs> okay. It works. Well, I'm going to yield myself to him, and then I'm going to pray. Listen now. And this works in every relationship. That they submit to me. Does God have a problem with his children not submitting to him? Do we have a problem with those who should submit to us not submitting to us? It's a problem, isn't it? Okay? And so if you will, I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this. Are you guys guilty of this? Sometimes we take things personal. And it's a whole lot easier to see things from our perspective than to maybe just stop and say, well, I wonder what it's like as God as our father. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's good to understand, and I, I'm going to be talking about this uh, in my morning message a little bit. By the way, I, I don't do these things on purpose. I just try to teach the text, okay? I, I keep saying that because I, I don't want anybody to ever think I come to the pulpit with an agenda. I do not, okay? But I, I will tell you this. If we could learn to submit to him, and ask God to teach them to submit to us. And there's a lot of thems there, isn't there? You guys understand? Depending on our relationship at church, or our relationship at work, or our relationship within the home, or our relationship in a group, or something like that. I don't follow him the way that I should, and ultimately it hurts me. And children who don't honor their parents, ultimately it hurts them. Wives that don't submit to their husbands and meet their husbands' needs, ultimately it hurts them. Amen? You all understand that? And so, if you will, maybe we ought not take these Ten Commandments so flippantly. Well, I don't have to keep the Ten Commandments. Oh, praise God. <laughs> but if you want to have a right relationship with God, you might want to keep the first table. And if you want to have a right relationship with man, well, honor your father and mother and don't kill anybody. 
Well, I've never done that. Anybody here driven? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you've been angry with somebody without a cause. <laughs> and the Bible says you've, you've, you've killed them. Man, have you ever looked at a woman to lust after in your heart? Nobody saw. Nobody knows. You were good with your eyes. Amen? Well, God says you've committed adultery with them already. See, God's not trying to give us these things so that we can say, I kept them or get away around them. He's trying to teach you principles to make you successful with God relations and human relations. Amen? That's why the Sermon on the Mount, God steps up his game. He's saying, I wasn't giving you rules to follow. I was giving you principles to live. There's a big difference. Amen? You know, uh, honor thy father and mother. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. By the way, why did he only pull out two of them? I'll tell you why. It's kind of like the parables. If I teach you this, then you can figure out the rest. Okay? Meaning what? Well, do not steal. What's that mean? By the way, how many things can you steal in this world? Can I ask you this? And this is always on my mind. What's probably the thing that we steal the most and think about the least? How come everybody said the same answer at the same? Because we steal time from our employer. We steal time from our God. We steal time from our children. We steal time from our husband and wife. You guys understand? Well, why didn't God bring that one up? He did. He taught you the principle of the first two, and then he says, now apply it to the rest of them. Amen. <coughs> thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. And thou shalt not covet. And by the way, if you think you can keep the first nine, try keeping the tenth. <laughs> okay? Don't even want things that don't belong to you. Oh, wow. That's going to change Christmas advertising big time. <laughs> Father, we love you. We thank you for your words. Thank you for these principles. Help us to apply. Help us to have better homes, better work ethics, better children and parent relationships. Father, just let all this be done for your glory alone. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.